Welcome back to another episode of the Black Minutes Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Weaver, and I'm here with my other host. Nate Bird, happy to be on the show as always. Yes, what a wonderful day it is. And we have a wonderful guest, uh, a friend of both me and Nate's, um, someone that we met at Meta School, but I'll let her introduce herself. Yeah, hi, my name is Adil Arak Ada, and I grew up most of my life in Utah, but I was born and raised in Kenya, a refugee camp. Then I moved to Utah as a refugee when I was eight, almost nine, and basically lived in Utah since I went to BYU. And then after I graduated, um, I got married and I moved to Boise. So now I live in Boise. Yes. <laughs> hey, I heard Boise is getting kind of popping up there. That's what I've heard. Yeah, it's um, okay. What do you, what do you, oh, no, not the same. I mean, it's literally just like Utah. It's like a smaller version. Like oh. demographic-wise, the same people. Oh, okay. Um, the same, like geographically looks the same too. Mm. So it really just feels like I moved to like a different city in Utah. But, okay. okay. But I think it's a little better actually because the people there are more genuine. Mm. I feel like Utah has a very not so genuine undertone with, when you like meet people. But people yeah. there are like, you know what I mean? Okay. They're just more genuine. Yeah. Interesting. So it's like Utah, but more genuine people. Like, Normal white people, you know. Okay, okay. <laughs> Normal white people in Idaho. Yeah, right. no offense, like Idaho people up here. But I, guess... I just have met some uh, interesting people in Idaho. But I was on the other side of the state, like like in... Pocatello, yeah, Idaho Falls. Boise's side. That's different. what I say. It is like, different. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of yeah. like the Salt Lake City. Exactly. Of, of Idaho. Of Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to put this in terms I can understand. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, Kenya, you want to start us off, or you want me to go? Yeah, absolutely. So, Adu, I've known you for a minute. I feel like we first met, like, way back during our freshman year. Yeah, 2014. Mm -hmm. 2014. That's what I remember, like, <laughs> seeing you around. I was like, hey, another black person. <laughs> no problem. Uh, I remember, like, introducing myself, and then we kind of, like, all got involved with BSU and stuff like that. Yeah. But before we kind of get into your BYU experience, um, what was it like, you know, growing up in a refugee camp in Kenya? Kind of tell us about that experience, yeah. and then talk about, like, the, the culture shock that came like from moving oh, to Utah. Yeah. And of all places to move, like right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Just like yeah. not to the just East my Coast, thought. not to the West Coast, but to Utah. Like yeah. that's yeah. a huge difference. So kind of talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. So like I mentioned, so I was born and raised in a refugee camp in Kenya called Kakuma. So my family's from South Sudan, but there was a civil war there. So a lot of people had mm. to leave. There's a lot of displacement. And when people left, they went to Egypt, they went to Ethiopia, they went to Kenya, like me, they went to Uganda and after that, some of them moved to like abroad, to like Australia, you know, obviously the U.S., Canada, other places. But when I was growing up in Kakuma, life there was was like normal, but I didn't I didn't know that I was living in poverty mm. <laughs> like abroad. But when I was there, I was you know like just happy. Like everybody, you know, looked like me. Everybody had the same culture. Um, we obviously were struggling, but when you're young, you don't know what the world is. So you think this this is everybody's life, you know? Um, and then my mom, she worked for the UN. And when she was working for the UN, because she speaks like multiple languages and she spoke English, which was very valuable because they mm -hmm. needed somebody to translate people's stories. Mm -hmm. So my mom was translating people's stories. And then basically the people who had the worst, which is, I don't know how they quantify, like what's worse, like stories got to go abroad. Those who maybe like had no family and mm -hmm. all those stuff. So uh, while my mom was helping them, somebody asked her like, oh, why don't you go to America with your family? And she was like, well, my family, you know, our situation is not too bad. Like my husband is still alive. She lost six siblings. Wow. She was oh, the oldest wow. out of 10. Oh, she lost six siblings, her father, so many people. So she saw terrible things. She was pregnant with me and she walked, not joking, walked from South Sudan to Ethiopia to Kenya. Wow. Three countries. How far is that? I don't know the miles. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> we should look it up because just think about that. Three countries. Yeah, that is a lot. That's yeah, that's a lot. That's and a she lot. said, yeah, while she was walking with thousands of other refugees, you know, people really don't understand like how hard it is to come to the US and they treat refugees so bad, but they don't know like mm. what they came from. Literally. And the background checks that they had to 
get to be able to come abroad. It's mm. not like they just like, oh, you just come abroad, you know? So she saw a lot of people die. She said that she saw people be eaten by wild animals oh when they were crossing rivers. Oh, people were wow. eaten by crocodiles. Oh, um, and oh unfortunately, she also lost my older brother, who would have been my older brother before I was born during the war because they were bombed. And then he got sick from, you know, the mm. bombing. And then he like passed away like a few months before I was born. So my name is pronounced adieu, which mm. means to cry or like mm. to yeah to cry literally mm. and also like to give to god because once my brother passed away i was born a few months after so my name was basically like you know they were mourning him so that's what adieu means mm. um and then while i was living in a refugee camp like i said i was going to school like i we lived in like mud houses our school was made out of mud and they'd be like you know 150 kids to like one teacher you know like and it was very chaotic and it was so fun I loved it and I didn't really know what you know race was or anything because everybody looked like me there was other ethnicities and people mm. really don't understand how diverse Africans are like there was Ethiopians and Eritreans and Somalians and Kenyans and you know Ugandans and we all look different you know we just have melanin, but we all have very distinct features. Um, so we knew like, yeah, there was other like ethnicities, but like, I don't really know, like there was like other races that exist, you know? Mm. And I do remember my first time ever seeing a white person, like mm. in the refugee camp, they were probably working for the UN and I was, I was, I was scared. Like, cause <laughs> it's just something so different, you know? Right. And that's why sometimes when like, I see little white kids, sometimes they, they first see me cause I'm very dark and tall like they sometimes be scared and I was like I know what that feels like because you've never seen that before you know mm. so I was like okay I get that when you're like young you know and and I remember I just like ran away and like we would go touch them which now I think is so weird but back then we thought it was so funny you know <laughs> <laughs> um and then once my family was lucky enough to come to the U.S. We we're actually supposed to go to Boston Oh, but my wow. uncle oh, wow. was already living here. He he came as a lost boy. So this the lost boys and girls of uh, South Sudan. Mm. A lot of these young boys and girls, their parents were their fathers were killed, and oh, then the wow. boys were meant kind of sent off to be child soldiers. Mm. A lot of them escaped. So a lot of them have no parents, like no mom, dad, because their mom probably died while escaping. Their dads were killed in front of them. So my uncle was one of them, and he had come to the U.S. before us. So when we came he was already living in utah and we we're supposed to go to boston and we were so excited because we're like yeah yes, boston we know boston i love mm -hmm. boston yeah. and, nobody ever heard of utah. <laughs> and there's a lot of immigrants in boston too actually yeah, so that's like awesome and yeah. sometimes i'm just like did i get robbed no it's fine <laughs> am so, i like sorry experience? i looked it up and it looks like it's about 1200 kilometers or like 750 miles oh my from, gosh from south just from south sudan to kenya, to kenya. So like, but like she also went to ethiopia yeah, so mm -hmm. that'd be probably yeah, times probably up by two further, right so like that's a lot. And she has children. You know, she has wow. one on her back. One on, she's holding one's hand. And she was pregnant with me. Um, yeah. Which, like, after being pregnant last year, I don't know how she did that. Like, that was already so uncomfortable. And I live, like, you know, a very comfortable life. Mm. But that's crazy. Thanks for looking that up, though. And we were supposed to go to Boston. My uncle texted us or called us, not text, called us and was like, hey, I, I feel like you guys should come to Utah. Like, I just have this feeling it's a good place to raise your family. And we're already like on our way. And he called the UN and then they like changed our route. Like we landed in Boston. I remember seeing the Boston skyline. Oh my God. We were so happy. Our first time in a hotel, we were like, clicking the lights like turning them on and off because we're like oh, oh like, my gosh like it was <laughs> like we we're and they were like and then like yeah we'll go to the bathroom and just like open the water in the sink and stuff because it was just like mm. a very nice hotel that mm. even anyone here in the u.s would probably be like impressed by it right but when you're coming from a refugee camp it's like even more like yeah. you yeah. know because you're li living with like the bare necessities and now you're like whoa and we're like is this what america is going to be like it was not um <laughs> then, we, then we moved to utah <laughs> and um that's where like most of my childhood was here. Like mm. I grew up literally in, I've, I've lived in Murray. I've lived in Crowwood Heights. I, we now live in West Valley. We've lived in Salt Lake. We mm. moved around a lot. So like, yeah, I know this place very well. Mm -hmm. And life mm. in, I remember my first time going to school. So I just moved to the U.S. I went to school my first day. And I remember like getting so overwhelmed at recess because there was so many like little white kids just staring at me. And I was literally mm. the only one in my grade, like in my mm. class that was, black and i think my my brothers you know there was very 
very like there was no diversity there was like all white kids i think there was like one mixed girl that was in my class and like and then there was me hyper visible because i'm very dark you know and everybody like they were generally just kids are kids i just want to come say hi yeah Yeah, they're like hi where are you from and i don't speak english i was just overwhelmed and i was just like (sighs) i just started crying i I remember that vividly and the teacher had to come be like okay let's give her some space right her alone Like, I can just see the white teacher being like, okay, now back <laughs> up. Give her some space, like, y'all, please. Yeah. Literally, like, I had just been, because we came in March, so I'd just been in the U.S. for maybe, like, a week mm. or less, and I'm already going to school, and we had to, like, ride the bus on our own. I remember being scared, but I don't, everything looked the same. Everybody looked the same. Mm. Like, you know how other races always think, like, other races all look the same? Yeah. I thought that for a very long time, mm. because I came from a place where there was no one else but black people yeah and then i came here and i was just like why do all white people look the same <laughs> and it took like and then some people like my friends would describe their friends like oh the girl with the blue eyes and the blonde hair i'm like that's everybody, that's everybody. like yeah. i i honestly was like i did i, I didn't even like remember people's eye colors that's, that's a feature that white people remember often like they'll be like oh mm. that person has hazel eyes that person has blue eyes mm-hmm. and that's stuff that we never like we didn't describe people that way we describe right. people differently than the way they did so like I had to start paying attention to like that one was Burnett, but like not like super Burnett. They're like you know like like they had a <laughs> weird like you're trying to yeah. Yeah, and I was just yeah. like, what? Like now that you mention it, that's actually so true. I don't mm-hmm. even like white people with like blue eyes. Yeah. Like I don't. The only time I remember is like, sorry. Light skinned people with green eyes. Those are the only eye colors I remember. You're like, you know, what I mean? that's yeah. like the black people's version of eye colors. Right. I remember. You know what I mean? But I, feel like I usually I mean, identify people through like personality traits. Right. Like, yes. But yes. like here they like. Yeah, it was eye color <laughs> mm. was number one. Like, oh, they have blue or green or hazel or brown, you know. And then it, the next would be hair color. They're like a dirty blonde hair. I'm like, what does that mean? Like, yeah, to me, well, like just I remember when I heard strawberry day, blonde for the first time. Yeah. I was in high school, and I'm like, what is? Oh that? shit, we got variations of this. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, they're like yeah. the girl with the highlights. I'm like, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, it was kind of weird. Like. Like I had to like switch my brain, you know. And for the longest time, I was thinking my native language Dinka. And then I remember like when I switched, when I started thinking English, and like things started making sense. It took a couple years, and then like I don't know, like I just saw the world differently from what I saw before. Like it's it's so interesting what the culture that you're brought up will like, kind of like shape the way you see the world Mm -hmm. and my worldview like was so different from my peers for like the longest time until like maybe middle school Mm. that i just saw everything like i didn't see things the way they did you know and then finally like it kind of like flipped because now i've been in the u.s longer than i was back home and then now i was seeing things like the way my peers see it Mm. but i would go home my mom would not see things the way i saw it so it was like Mm. a lot of like cultural differences like you Mm. mentioned culture chalk was it was it was huge in the beginning. I hated the food, like cheese. Like, why is cheese in everything? I was just like, it was so gross to me. Like, yeah. we're just like, what? Ew. Like, we eat a lot of like stews and like a lot of spices. Yeah. And here they're like giving us ham and cheese sandwiches. And I was just like, that's, I'm not eating that. Like, yeah. what is that? Like, yeah. it was, it was very different, I guess. But mm-hmm. like, that was basically my upbringing. And for a lot, and like, obviously, I was very hyper visible because. Everybody was white because I live in Utah. Like ninety five percent of my school would be white, and then like some Hispanics and like few black kids. And a lot of the black kids were either adopted or like mixed race, and mm. they were scared of other black people. And I never understood mm. that. Like they would avoid me like purposely. So like I had to be friends with the white kids because like those ones want to be friends with me. Yeah, which was so weird to me because I was like, wait, like, but we, you know, we have something in common. We have yeah. melanin. Like yeah. you know, like we could, you know. It I wasn't mean, until I was older. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, though. Like, yeah. the Black kids here themselves, they... And even less growing up. Now, I feel like it's a little better because there's mm-hmm. more Black people. Right. And people are more purposeful about the Black community here in Utah yeah. and unifying. But I bet growing up, it was not that way. It was not and that two, um, if Black kids, based on my experience with Black children who didn't grow up around other Black children, sometimes they... They don't know how to act around other right. black kids and mm-hmm. it, it's fearful for them. It's just Yeah, they're like they were scared. Yeah, it's yeah. just scared. And so and, I can imagine yeah. that was so, the way for I mean black children in Utah. Especially you coming from like, this is not what I'm used to. Yeah. Why are you acting like this? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that that was strange for me for for sure. So I feel like growing up, like 
I remember there was even a time that I changed my name to Addie, which I cringe. Ooh, cringe. <laughs> <laughs> when I was in sixth grade, because nobody can pronounce Adieu, and I was already so different. And I was like, I just want a white name so I can just like fit in, you know? Mm. A, a lot of immigrants do that. And I remember changing my name to Addie. I was like telling people, like, you can call me Addie. I mean, on my school, like records was still my name. And I would write my name mm. on my paper as my name. But like, I wanted my friends to call me that. Mm. And until this day, some people from high school and from middle school still call me that. And mm. I cringe. And I'm just like, don't call me that anymore. <laughs> but like, from sixth grade, you just want to fit in. Yeah. That's all you I mean, want. And when yeah, you're like, time. very dark and look like nobody, you're taller the most people you're darker than everyone literally in the room. You just feel so different. You know, yeah. your hair is different. Like, and a lot of the few black kids there like you know like they would have like straight weaves or like straighten their hair mm. but like i always had african hairstyles mm. braids mm. corners like you know like now it's becoming a thing that was like just normal for me growing mm. up it so cool. it was everybody's always touching my hair because it was oh. be before you know braids became cool now like right. the last couple of years no you know? i know what you're <laughs> like, about. Yeah. like <laughs> very african hairstyles and like you know very black hairstyles and people just were like oh my gosh your hair is so cool they're always touching it. and it was just like it was just now that I look back, I was just like, wow, like, like, there, and I also experienced a lot of colorism. Mm. Oh my gosh. Yeah, talk about yeah, that. Talk, yeah, like, share about the colorism that. is off the wall. Like, and the sad thing is, it's from other black people. Mm. They were the most colorist. You, you get yeah. racism oh, from white people, 100%. colorism from black people. You can't win. Yes, yeah. that's so true I, because one, I, I remember when I came home from my mission, this is really random. I, I, I realized my whole like 18 months that I was there around like white missionaries mm -hmm. i never like no one made comments about like my skin color right and then immediately coming back to byu and being around the black community like someone commented on it and then i was like you mm. know what i i've never thought i have not thought about this for 18 months right. like i have not realized it and then that was just like my aha moment of like wow this is our issue oh mm -hmm. white people have racism black people have colorism, colorism. Uh, yeah and it's, Which is a, it's a branch of racism but yes yeah, yeah yes yeah. could you could you just kind of like define colorism Oh, yeah, yeah for listeners. listeners, yes. Yeah, so basically colorism is when people of lighter complexions think that they have more power or are more beautiful or more desired or better than people with darker complexions in the black and brown communities, basically. Mm. It's not... Colorism is not only in the black community. It's also like in Hispanic oh, communities. It's yeah, the, like I mean, in Asian yeah. communities. It's rooted in anti-blackness overall. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Anti the closer to white you are, the you, better, the better. You are. Yeah. yeah. Even if you're just a shade lighter than someone, they think all of a sudden that they're better than you, like, and like more beautiful than you. And like, that was always weird for me because like, sometimes I would be definitely prettier than some of the lighter skinned girls. Yeah. And they, th that doesn't matter though, because I'm dark. So mm. like, that's what like, that that overpowers everything else. Like if you, if you have beautiful features or you're like very intelligent, once you're dark, you're dumb, you're ugly you're undesirable mm. and it's just and it just always blew my mind that people were that fixated on colorism like yeah. it's it's something that i i definitely struggle with like i would get it rarely from white people it's just racism because they're like oh we're all black and they'll say dumb things like they'll see a, a person rachel's color you know like five right. shades and they're like is that your dad no, Becky. be so for real. Like, come <laughs> I, on now. Like, why I you literally so had like, somebody? They don't ask understand me that. color. They're not like colorism doesn't register for them <laughs> because they do stuff like that. That you're like, <laughs> I like, like I was confused with another black person who I thought I'm like they're much lighter than me. I don't know why you confused us. Like that that shocked me as a black person. Like I'm like what? Yeah, they don't they don't, don't see it. Right. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> I was just like what? Like, and I kind of I kind of like that because like they just saw me like I don't know. It's a it's weird, like, processing it. Because I'm like, okay, I kind of like that they don't, like, see me as, like, like they know I'm dark, darker than, you know, you. They could probably see that, but they don't recognize it. They just see us as black. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, at least I'm just under one category We're, now. Right, like, you know? right. <laughs> and I'm not, like, and then, like, when you're in the black community, it's, like, there's rankings, you know, mm. and I'm the bottom of the food chain. Like, I'm, you know, I'm very dark. And Sudanese people struggle with this because we are the darkest people in the world, like, fact that's a fact and we have very distinct features not only are we the dark kids we usually we're the we're tall we have like we're very skinny so like we have very distinct features that like you can just spot us like even if we're among black people like mm -hmm. you can just look at me and be like that girl is different black you know and i've gotten called like the nastiest things by other black people that i'm just like it's uh it's it's and even africans too like it's 
it's really sad. Like they mm. be like, oh, like you're too dark. Like I've been told so many times to lighten my skin, to use cream. Really? To the point I almost did when I was young. And now I'm just like, thank God. Like yeah. I yeah. was that close, like in middle school or something after just getting sick of being always called like, you're too dark, you're too dark. Even by other Sudanese people who might just be like a little bit like a normal brown, like color. I'm just yeah. like, dude, you're still dark dark like you know mm -hmm. but because i'm darker than they're like just like lighten your skin like just use like cream and like you know like the like lightning cream it's a big industry in, in africa and oh, like yeah. other parts of the world yeah. like it's crazy like i was just in nigeria you know last month and it's everywhere and like you go to any african store there's a whole shelf of just like lightning cream and the girls mm -hmm. on it are very like they look fake like they don't even look like a yeah, normal they, that's like color yeah. yeah i'm just like nobody well, looks like well, that yeah. and even like when like i've seen people after like skin lightening or bleaching yeah. and mm -hmm. it doesn't look like mm, normal uh like a healthy skin oh. color like yeah, it looks no. like a like very muted like yeah. like mm. almost a little sickly yeah yes. um which is funny actually because that's how i feel like about like lighter people like i feel like darker people look like the most healthiest like yeah. the skin just looks good like <laughs> right. the skin just looks it looks better yeah. i could be honest it really does and and so yeah and I, that's something i've seen because i've i know people who have lied Light, and, yeah. and like you can just tell and it's just it does make me sad because yeah like, it does make me sad too it's just like oh like your skin was so beautiful right like, like it was literally perfect and then you said like, like people spray tan to get the the type of depth that yeah. comes from like really dark melanin and that's skin the thing. and how pigmented it is like people you, you people can't are literally paying for that you can't <laughs> even buy that though you can't no. buy melanin like you can no. like bleach your skin but you can never like like get dark enough to like have melanin like you just yeah. it's such a valuable thing that i yeah i don't understand why some people no, I mean, I do understand after you've been told for hundreds of years that blackness is bad and mm. undesirable. I can see why somebody would, you know, not want to associate with blackness. But to me, it breaks my heart because I'm just like, like, how do we not see how beautiful we are? Like, mm. they know how beautiful. That's why they try so hard to bring us down. Because, mm. like, you always try to bring down something that you can't have. <laughs> white mm -hmm. people can never be black. So they created white supremacy, racism, colorism, just to bring down what they know it's great like genetically we are like yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say but genetically we do have better genes like we have dominant genes i can say that that's a fact like mm -hmm. you know darker skin is dominant darker hair darker mm -hmm. eyes yeah. are dominant you know like lighter like um hair eyes is recessive so mm -hmm. it's like yep, it is. obviously yeah, like we started you know all humans came from africa so like we're all started dark and then like you know evolved depending on where you live environmentally mm. and i don't want to be the type to say like you know like this this race is better than that race because i think that's ridiculous we're all you know people but there are genes that are like naturally just mm -hmm. better you know yeah like, yeah and we tend to think of white people as the majority and we call you know people oh. of color minorities no but i once saw it on instagram where it's like i'm gonna stop saying i'm gonna stop calling myself a minority and start referring to myself as a global majority and i was like globally the global majority i think what 10 percent of the world's population is is white because it's recessive like yeah, yeah mm -hmm. there's not yeah. very very and you see it too when white people marry other races their kids tend to be look more like the other race, you know, like they tend to have like darker skin or darker mm -hmm. eyes or whatever the other yeah, like, like the race. more like yeah. I don't want to say ethnic, but um, just the more <laughs> the person who's more like a person of color has more melanin. Yeah, dominant. Those features, features are typically more prominent. Yeah, yeah, yeah like those genes tend to come through. Yes. more in the features right. of the children. Yeah, you know? and not, not like, always, but most of the time. Most of the time, exactly. Yeah. Like. Probably 75% of the time, like, that would happen. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, so I just think it's crazy. But, like, it makes sense why people think white people are the majority because they have hidden, like, blackness and, like, made, like, whiteness be, like, in the front line of everything, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, television-wise, like, that makes a big difference when all you're seeing on TV is white people. You can mm -hmm. think, like, oh, most of the world is white. Like we, I thought that when I was young, cause I never saw anybody in my skin tone. Mm. So I was like, oh, that's not like everybody, I guess everybody's white, you know, but that's not true. Again, I feel like they were really just working so hard to like. <laughs> and and consider themselves yeah, as superior. well. Something that I think is interesting is just always the conversation of like white people feeling like excluded now with what's happening now in terms of things becoming more representative and more diverse. Um, I well, think it's funny because I'm like, no, we're just doing what you did. 
Yeah. Like in the most respectful mm-hmm. way. Like we want things to reflect us the same way that you guys wanted things to reflect right. y'all. Like and also you be had more your realistic. time. Be more you, realistic yeah. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like, like you had your time. Now it's <laughs> time for other things to come forward. Yeah. And I think that's like historically, that's usually what happens. Like the mm. people who are dominating and people think that white people have been in power for so long, which they kind of have. But before that, they were like the Egyptians were way ahead of them, mm. like, of, you know, the Europeans. And before that, like, you know, Ethiopians and yeah, the Moors like, and... like we had our time in the past. And then mm. like when it was their turn to like, you know, to dominate, they t- took it too far. I feel like like it just went way too far. And mm-hmm. I think that's the only difference. And now people think that white people have been in power for so long. It's only been 400 years. And let's remember, humans have been alive for more than 400 years, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they just, before that, they were very behind. Yeah. Like, I mean, Africa is the, what they call it, the cradle of civilization. Yeah. Like, that's where things began and that's where everything spread out. And you know? so. it just, it's crazy because they hit it so well. Mm-hmm. Like, so well that to the point that they would give aliens credits for the pyramids yes. in Egypt mm. over black people because they could not fathom that, that black people mm. were smarter than them and mm-hmm. created better civilizations. So they're like, it must have been aliens that came and did this and then left. <laughs> I yeah. read that in one of the books I read called They Came Before Columbus. It's a brilliant book. And I just remember like, I literally laughed out yeah, loud. You just have to laugh. Just have to laugh because <laughs> that's absurd. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, you'd rather give aliens credit than mm-hmm. black people. That's a very good point. Yeah. If you Lord, look at, you know, no, that's how you yeah. know, like you're taking things too far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even in the US, like the, the art, like the architecture, like some of our oldest architecture is Egyptian in design. Yeah. You know, like, uh, was it the Washington Monument? That's an obelisk. That's an Egyptian structure. Right. Uh, the city of Memphis, that's an Egyptian name. Right, so like, there's all these Egyptian influences. Oh, I didn't know this. Yeah, yeah a lot like of African influences. Yeah. and there's a lot of like, um, especially on the East Coast, there's like a lot of Egyptian architecture, a lot of Egyptian names, like all kinds of stuff, like woven throughout the country. Oh. Um, that is kind of hidden. Like they're trying to change oh, history yeah, to they make have. it seem like, and they have you know, succeeded for yeah. the most part mm-hmm. until now. I feel yeah. like recently people are like, yeah, let's be honest. Like let's show the accurate history. For the longest time, they did hide it. You know, to the point that we believed that they were right, mm-hmm. and they weren't. I don't know. I feel like I just feel like we're like in a Disney Channel movie where like the mean girl is like, you know, like pretending to be like the best, the prettiest and all this stuff and like putting down like, you know, the actual person who's like to be the protagonist. And, mm. You know, like they always hide it. And then at the yeah. end, they like get exposed for who they right, are. Right, right. That's how I feel like. Are we in a movie right now? <laughs> yeah, that is happening actually. That's a good analogy. I like right, that. I always think of that because like there's so many movies about it. I'm like, this is what white people have done for so long. Like mm. lie to get what the power that they get and then later they get exposed and everyone is like oh you're not as great as you made everybody believe and then they show their true colors and they're like oh yeah we don't want that anymore mm-hmm. and it's hard for them to accept it yeah so so how did your BYU experience kind of like play into everything like you know because obviously BYU is a very unique demographic even being, unique in Utah okay yeah, being 99% LDS and 80% <laughs> white so like right. what was your experience like at BYU compared to being in Salt Lake yeah, no, it was different. I remember while at BYU, I was like, I don't remember. Like, I think the culture in like Utah County is just different, and in, in BYU itself, than like you know the rest of the population in Utah. Because I did grow up in Salt Lake, and you know there was still like racism, colors, and all that stuff. But like when I went to BYU, it was like intensified, mm. and it was mm. just so weird to me because I grew up. I was privileged enough to have grown up Mormon, so like that part wasn't weird to me because I was like, okay, like I already know the church and stuff. I know some people who did not grow up in a Mormon community, so they're like, this is kind of a lot. But when I went to BYU, I was just like, it just felt so like I don't even know what word to use. Like just. It was just so isolating, so lonely, so like fake. That's I always say that. Like I feel like everything was fake. Like the people mm-hmm. were fake. Like everybody looked the same. There was no diversity in thought. Not even just like race. Like everybody mm-hmm. felt like they thought the same and like mm-hmm. expected the same thing from everyone. And when you didn't fit their box, it was like, oh, like why are you here? You should not be here, kind of like thing. And I. I was shocked by some people who I thought were my friends who would say some very racist things, but like they didn't think they were racist because they're Mormon. Why mm. do Mormon people think that? 
because they believe because they're followers of Christ and they love God and they're Christians right. and being a Christian makes you a good person and loving Jesus makes you a good person that they can't, subs- they, they can't subscribe themselves to like this identity that is just like horrific. And it's like on the level of like a Hitler or something. I don't know that, that I'm assuming this is just me guessing yeah. what they think, but yeah. But, yeah. Like, cause I, it was just always so crazy to me that they would just say like the most like racist things the most like homophobic things mm-hmm. like what could you give like a yeah few like examples? okay so like i've had people say like terrible things to me like especially about like my skin color like they'd be like oh yeah i like you know like a lot of white girls were like intimidated by me because like i was pretty but like you know i'm black so i wasn't a threat to them you know like mm-hmm. oh yeah it's fine you can hang out with us because ain't nobody gonna want you anyway you know and mm-hmm. they was right because none of those boys at byu would want you know a dark girl because like ew like you know and i was just like so i would get hurtful things like that i had this one guy who's my best friend at the time not kidding and he had a friend that just came home from his mission from africa and he's like oh my friend is looking for a black girl today or something and i was like okay like i'm available like let him know and he's like oh sorry you're too dark my best friend said that to me in front of my face i was with my other friend and we're both like good grief what and we, I, the way I got so mad, like both me and my friend, who was also light skinned, we both were just like, "What? Like, why does that matter? Like, what yeah. is that? You know, what, what does that mean?" And like, mm-hmm. we just came for him, and immediately you can tell that he, he wasn't like he was joking. He wasn't trying to like hurt my feelings when he said right. it, but to him it was just something that was just like, duh, like no one's gonna date you because you're black, like you're dark. Yeah, and he just it just happened to come out. And then he realized, like, oh, like, maybe I shouldn't have said he that. He said the quiet part out and I, loud. Exactly. Mm. He said the quiet part out That's what happened to me. Mm. And I was just like, okay, so this is what all of you guys think then. Like, you know, mm. makes sense. You know, I'm just like, okay, cool. So, like, that was a terrible experience, especially because he was my best friend. That's like, yeah, what really like, hurt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah like, you're, like, you're supposed been, to be above that, right? Like, right? I'm yeah. like, we've been friends for years. I thought that by now you would understand the, like don't say things like that like don't even think yeah things like that like you yeah, should your know friend better said than that. that you're supposed to call your friend out like right. come on yeah. i'm yeah. just like so like if you're my like, what really hurt it's like if my best friend said this to me what are other people saying mm. that yeah. was what it was like really like eye-opener and i was just like you know i'm sick of this like and like some of the pe- things people say because i work in public health um i study public health so a, a lot of public health sometimes we look at like global health and, you know, like public health in Africa is not great, you know, because we know why, because systemically Africa was made to stay poor forever, you know. Mm. And then some of the things that people will say about like Africans and like how we have like diseases and like AIDS and like all these things was just like, I was just like, how like, like somebody once said this in my philosophy class, they were like, well, it's okay that Africans, like, you know, Black people are suffering because that's what they sign up for, like, in the pre-Earth life. We sign up to be poor because that's the burden or, like, challenge that we, the trial that we chose to be having this life. And he's like, but it's okay because once, you know, Jesus comes and stuff, like, everything will be made okay again. I was like, how dare you say that? Yeah. Like, you, what? are you saying all those people mm. who are suffering in poverty and dying chose that? And he's like, yeah, and the thing, the sad thing is, he really believed it. Like right. wholeheartedly. The last shall be first. Yeah. Exactly. So he was like, and I was just, I can just tell this person has a very privileged life. I was like, you've never had sorrow and suffering because if you did, you would not think anyone would choose to have that life. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. like how that was. It's just stuff like that. I was just like, uh, and then. You know, like people said, like I want my, my sociology class, um, our professor had brought up, you know, like another black person who was shot by the police and like, you know, police brutality. And somebody was like, I just don't believe it. Like, I just don't believe a police person can just go and just kill somebody. And I was like, like well, well, it happened. I, I don't know what to say. Right. Your belief. And, facts, and, um... and exactly. the pro- I love the professor because he was very like he. Who was it? Sorry, I want to know. I don't remember his okay. name, actually. Mm. It was a while ago. But he answered him, like, in a very matter-of-fact, like, actually, statistics show that police brutality is a thing, and there's a lot of Black people who have been wrongfully killed, convicted, and so forth. And he's like, well, I just don't believe that. And then, like, I don't even know what to say. Like, I was so mad. I was just like, okay. So, like, like I had 
I came to BYU. I didn't really want to go to BYU. It just kind of happened. That's a story for another day. <laughs> so I was like not even happy to be going there. And then I went there and then I was even more mad. Because oh, <laughs> I was just like, the people here who are getting an education, that's what scared me the most. People who are supposed to be having a college degree, educated people mm. think like this. Mm-hmm. What are the rest of the population thinking? Because only 33% of people have a college degree. So mm. like, what is the other like 70% of people who don't have a college degree thinking? Like, if people who are getting college degrees think so backwards and not and like, accepting the data, and like not he's accepting, telling you, yeah, statistics, statistics, like it's on the board, mm-hmm. and he's like, I just don't believe it. Like it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, I, what does it make sense? Yeah. Like, like these would be government statistics too, like from the, the oh. FBI's website, oh. and they're just like, yeah, oh, no, I don't believe it. But yeah, the CDC America. website, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> and like, yeah, like I'm like. Credible sources by a sociology professor who has a PhD in sociology who's right. you know, mm-hmm. well qualified to be teaching this class at BYU. Yeah. Knows more than you. Knows has more. done way more school than you. Right. Okay? But like he just he was like, I, I just don't believe like it just doesn't make sense to me. And I was just like, how does it make sense to you? Because you've never been in a position where you were scared for your life because of your race. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that why that's why it doesn't make sense. Like <laughs> and you can't see past your own perspective. Again, like the way your race shapes your worldview. Mm-hmm. You probably raise in a place that has majority of people who look like you, who think like you, who have the same religion as you. And then now you think the rest of the world should be the same way. And when people tell you that's not true, they get mad. Be mad. (laughs) Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So I know you don't have too much time left, Mm -hmm. um, but I wanted to ask, like, what was dating like for you at BYU? And like, did you experience colorism while at BYU? Spill the tea. Yeah. Look, as a oh fellow black person, <laughs> you know, I, black woman at yeah. BYU, um, obviously my Before, experience with colorism was a lot different. But right. I but just you still I'm get like, it. oh, here we go. That, that's what I'm thinking right now. Oh my god! <laughs> like, it wasn't even just at BYU, but like BYU intensified it again. Like yeah. I mm. experienced it growing up in Utah, where a lot I, I went to school with a lot of white boys. Right, there wasn't like a lot of black guys, and when they were there, they tried to avoid me. Um, heavy on the avoiding you. <laughs> heavy on the avoiding they you. They will turn quick the other way. <laughs> they, they make sure that you are a hall. friend. You are a friend, not a love interest. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, literally. So it was crazy to me because a lot of guys loved me. Like they liked my personality. They liked me. They thought I was pretty and stuff, but could never ever think of being with someone like me because mm. I'm dark. Like that was just like, it was mind blowing. And it was so annoying because like my friends like my white friends who i'm like i'm just gonna say it like i was more attracted than them like let them know anybody who like it's just obvious like Mm -hmm. you know like not only just like physically attractive like i had a better personality like i was more like fun i was outgoing like there's just like so much more to me but like they could not see past that because i'm dark so Mm -hmm. like they would never want to date me again friend zone real quick so i was always the friend who guys they love talking to me they love like you know getting to me and stuff but then when i thought like oh maybe they could like me maybe they could... no just don't even think about that because mm-hmm. they're gonna be like oh like can you help me get this girl so i was always like in the middle of like helping mm-hmm. my friends find guys and stuff to the point that i got to the, to the point that i get how do i say that to the point that i started thinking like you know what i'm not no one's going to date me. So I didn't even try. I didn't even think about it. I didn't mm. even like, it was just like, whatever mm. at that point. So I was not even looking for any love interests. I was just like, I always knew like, if I'm going to find somebody, it's not going to be in Utah. Like, yeah, because people are just so like colorist, yeah. racist. Like that was it. Yeah. Just like, I don't know. So I, part of me just accepted like in my head I was like I know getting married and like dating is like something that I should do and like Mm -hmm. it's a part of like what should happen but like that reality never felt true True? like even mentally it's like that that is a step in life that I should take and I want to take but like (laughs) I don't foresee that actually genuinely happening so like when it happened you're like oh I was shocked right still shocked but yeah (laughs) (laughs) no I feel you like I just kind of like didn't really think about it um it was it was crazy and then i be right you specifically again kind of the same thing happened but intensified where like all these guys literally love me and it was funny because all the white girls would be like they would say jokes like oh like yeah you're so pretty like that guy definitely has a crush on you and stuff and like they would like say things like that but they <laughs> knew that he would never like 
comfort me you know like, you know what i mean like they'll never like ask me out or anything yeah. so like they always love that love to have me around because i was like their cool black friend who's pretty and funny but like not a threat because no guy will date her mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. she can bring all like the energy all this great stuff but at the end of the day like the guy is still probably gonna choose me over her and like and then when they didn't hey the way these people be mad hey, hey, hey. <laughs> the way these people be oh, mad man. like i even had light-skinned friends and they'd be so shook it was crazy to me like mad when a guy actually did pursue mm. me and they thought like the guy was coming to talk to them and they would swerve them and come to me yeah. and be and they'd be literally generally like angry and i'm like why do you not want this for me like what it's like they want me to be like miserable mm. and undesired like to fit again that like colorist view and i'm just like it was really sickening and then at byu what i really like uh, so annoying was like all the white guys that wanted to date me you already know they already they came from mission from africa mm. yeah. that's it mm-hmm. now they love black women because you know they spent <laughs> two years in <laughs> it's just all laughing because we oh, know man. the type of person this is you're just like sir <laughs> This is not the and tree then, you want to be on. Like, I Black promise you. Wearing a dashiki and you're just like, oh my gosh. You know the not the dashiki is? from Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> it's made in Malaysia. Oh, man. The sad thing is, these guys, the audacity. Mm. Like, I'm a pretty girl. Like, you are. You are. <laughs> Speak on it. Yes. Yes, indeed. I already know that. Come on. You, <laughs> these guys would be like very unattractive. You'd know they would know if I was white and like the same you person, they wouldn't on. even come to, they wouldn't even Let's know they had it. a chance. Let's talk about it. Right? <laughs> but because I'm dark, like, okay, because she's dark now, like, I might have a chance because like she, nobody else is coming for her. Yep. These guys would be but ugly. I'm sorry, very unattractive. Like, I'm just like, what? I would get offended. Yes. I would literally get offended. I'm going to date like, a white man. I'm going to date the I baddest white that. man in the game. Like, I stop playing that. with me right now. I would get so offended. I was like, you think you can come talk to me? Yeah. <laughs> and it's not even because I'm like being like, you know, cocky of a confident thing. This, no, it's like generally like be real. If I wasn't so dark and I had the same features, the same like level of attractiveness, would you come talk like to me? You probably mm. wouldn't. You'd probably be scared. Because you probably wouldn't think I was in your league. But because I'm dark, all of a sudden, that throw away everything else mm. that I bring to the table. Throw it away because mm. she's dark. So now I, I, I would be offended. Hey, I was like, sir, go, <laughs> take time, go back. <laughs> take 10 steps back. Uh-uh, I beg, like, leave me alone. Like, mm. it, I'm sorry. Like, it was, and it's just so funny because, and then my friends would do the same thing with, like, any guy, like, really that they knew is not my taste. They knew I would not like. Just because they're like black, like, oh, this black guy, maybe you can date this black. I'm like, that guy is not like, I have nothing in common with them. I don't yeah. like them. Like, just because mm. they're black. And then because they're black, they're probably not going to want me anyway. They're trying to stay away. They're, they're, look, they're running <laughs> look from the their own way. blackness. They're yeah. running from their own blackness. Oh, they are. And, and, and I am representing the, more blackness to them. Yeah. No. It's, it's, That's it's, a big it's, issue at BYU, which we need to talk about. It really is. Like, it was a episode huge dedicated issue. to that. Oh, yeah, literally. <laughs> like, but like, when I would find black guys outside of BYU, they were better. Mm-hmm. Like yes. they were more willing to talk to me. Like more, like you know, like well, thought I was beautiful. Like naturally, like and it was very like more genuine. But at mm-hmm. BYU, look the other way. Like, mm-mm. it was so like crazy. It got to the point that I told myself. I literally told myself, I will not find anybody here. So like, I'm not even gonna try. Like, and yeah. I know dating is a big thing at BYU. Mm-hmm. Everything revolves around it. Yeah, every I mean, activity. Like the LDS culture. Yeah. Just like, like the they LDS want culture. So inf- bad and like yeah, just the love. influence of that is just oh like I, who was I talking to? Like I was talking to someone the other day, and I was realizing like a lot of my friends, like people experience like that marriage of like the people that they care about. You know, at their late twenties and whatnot, but like right. all of my like most of the big marriages for my friends happened when I was in my like early twenties. Oh yeah, twenty one. And I'm like, oh wow, I never realized that. Like I just thought about it the other day, right. and I'm like, oh that's wow, that's normal. that's different. Yeah. And and that's because and so BYU that experience of you even if you don't want to make dating be important, BYU makes you think dating is important. No, like it's everything. because it's happening all around you. Well, I think BYU is more concerned about churning out couples than it is about college degrees. I agree. Because oh, yeah. like they'll withhold your degree in a hot second. But like they want you to get married <laughs> and have babies like immediately. Oh, so honestly. I mean, for you to to go to a place that is so concerned and like prioritizes like family and family relationships and marriage, like for you to go there and then like in your mind and in your heart tell yourself that you don't have a chance for that like yeah. when that that's like the primary goal of BYU that just tells you like how how toxic of a place so it can toxic. be for people of color 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It was very. And yeah. I would have roommates who'd be like, I haven't gone on a date in two weeks. Like, what should I do? And I was just like, don't go on a date. Like, right. why do you need to? Me, like, why do you need validation? Looking at the calendar four months, like, <laughs> not even four years. I'd be like, wow. a year now. Guess I should oh, be really sad. <laughs> I know. And then, and then that's what I hated because a lot of like these um, girls, like non-black girls and stuff, like you know, they definitely went on dates more than we did. You mm. know, because like they have more of a pool, not because they were more attractive or anything. Yeah. Just, it just there's more white people, and they want they want white girls. You know, mm-hmm. and then they were like like kind of like rubbing my face like oh mm. it's been two weeks since i went on a date mm. when was the last time you went on a date bitch you already know when it's like, like, sorry no no, <laughs> no it's so true no but that's <laughs> so they're doing it on so purpose real. i'm like, like you already yeah. know like to i like haven't been yeah to like to, to make, yeah to exactly better, to be yeah. like well you know like inside their heads like they're probably like oh i'm better than you so like at least i'm getting more dates yeah. than you and it was just so cringy i was just to the point that i'm just like i'm still prettier than you like whatever like <laughs> you know well, that too <laughs> and like for me if i ever would complain about it yeah or talk about it white women love to say to me um well everyone struggles in those ways like right. these are things that other people and, and for me it's just always like no no, you don't get that at the end of the day, like I have a level of blackness that is impacting like the way I'm viewed, my attractiveness, desirability, the, like all these things are impacting like my dating opportunities yeah. and experiences. And you're not acknowledging that you're just nope. like, this is a struggle for everyone. Right. And just like invalidating how your blackness is playing a major role in your ability to date more um, or whatever the case. And 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 that even will come from black men too for me. But again, another episode. To talk about that. <laughs> Honestly, like yeah. that's a whole another episode because I feel like black men are like literally the most colorist, and like it's it was sad. Yeah, like, sadly, they, I'll have to agree with that. I yeah. have heard them like like oh like they'd be like oh like oh you like you like black blue like you you like so dark like they like they, like shout things at me like when I'm like, walking down the street or something I'm like that's unnecessary like mm. why you know or they'd be like yeah you're pretty but like like I literally have had guys like tell me straight to my face I only like white girls and I mean like black guys mm. like why why like I never understood like okay like and they're like trying to make it a preference it's not a preference you just yeah. want <laughs> to be Blood. like more accepted. Mm-hmm. That's internalized like, racism. It's not a preference. Yeah, it's yeah. not a preference. Like, I'm like, no. And then, like, the white girls that they get, I'm like, hoi, keep them. <laughs> no, Let's talk for me, it. look, again, another episode. It's no, the yeah. keep them. What I'm getting from this is uh, that we need to have a panel of just all women talking yes. about their experiences oh, dating at my gosh. Well, because boot me out of here. Look, just talk about it. I'm going to leave it off of this. The mediocre level of mm-hmm. like attractiveness Sub- personality mm-hmm. ambitions everything that a white woman can have and a black man will bend over backwards for her mm-hmm. but they will not dare like why can't i just be an average black woman right. let me just be an average black woman like average attractiveness average but let me just be average right and for that like white women at least from black men. I don't know about the experience with other white people. I'm not speaking on that. Mm-hmm. They are, that's fine. Oh, it's, fine. it's engaged. They're so infatuated with them. Right. Um, but for a black woman, they have to be the best of the best. Top tier. Oh you have to be like, they want black women that are, in terms of attractiveness of women, right? Like these are the top oh. 1% of women <laughs> that, that you can't even get. Let's be honest here. You want the top 1% level of attractiveness of women that it's not even in your right. league, mm-hmm. but that's who you will settle for if you are with a black woman. Right. And so the rest of us who are normal, average, yeah. normal, average yeah. people, we don't fit that criteria. And that was just, um, that was always mind blowing to me and seeing like, there's other black women that are just as average as these white girls right. you're going after. But you don't want to go. Right. I'm confused. That was always confusing to me. Confusing. Very confusing. Good, yeah. Because yeah. I feel like the whiteness overpowers everything. Yo, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, she's not great. She's not that pretty. She's not that funny. She's not that smart. But you know what? She's white. So they mm-hmm. feel like they won something. Like, mm-hmm. it's yeah. mm-hmm. cringy. And, you know, the thing that's interesting is that this doesn't, it's not just, I mean, dating and and relationships is huge that's very important but it spreads into everything else too when it comes to like black women um are the most entrepreneurial meaning like they have more businesses mm-hmm. and you know are more um like they they tend to be more entre- like they more black women are entrepreneurs than any other group um, and most in the degrees. united states and yeah and then they're also the most educated out of any group in the united states mm-hmm. Uh, but then also, like statistically, the most disrespected, the oh, most pushed aside. They humble um, us so quick. Yeah, like you know, there's all the the missing black and brown women, you know, yeah. who 
the, who are not their disappearances are not really investigated or not really acknowledged. Um, you've got the the differences in pay where black women are paid the least out of everyone, yeah. although they're the most educated, which is, right. you know, just all those things. It spills over into so many things. And like, there's so many things. This is a, it's a whole so other complex. episode. Yeah, it really is so it complex. Is, yeah. And like our experiences just show like little bits of like a bigger problem. Mm -hmm. it's just, sometimes it's really like, it's like kind of just like disappointing or what's the word when you just don't have hope? Like, I just sometimes yeah, hopeless. Yeah, I just feel like mm -hmm. hopeless. Like I just feel like it will like will things for my daughter get better? Because I have like a one year old. Mm -hmm. Soon to be one year old. I'm like, by the time she's my age, like will, will her experience be different? Will she be more valued? Because like you said, like we have to be extraordinary. And like God forbid when we are extraordinary and we say that we are, they humble us real quick. The amount mm -hmm. of people who will be so quick to humble me because I have a lot of confidence. I know my like strength. I know I'm pretty i know i'm smart i know like i you know i know all these things i'm like and like if it, if i was white you wouldn't be so quick to be like oh calm down like you're doing too much mm. you know but like for me like sometimes i feel like i have to because people always ask me like oh like why are you always like why are you so confident i'm like, sometimes i have to be mm. because there's not a lot of people who see very confident dark-skinned girls everybody wants us to be miserable sad talk about how our life sucks because we're dark and then when they see somebody who's the opposite who's like no i'm dark i'm beautiful i'm smart i you know like i'm doing great things they are so quick to be like well you need to calm down you need to be more humble like you know you're doing too much you're not that pretty you know that i'm like you know what i'm better than the average person and to like for a white girl who would be have the same strength that i have they would be phenomenal, extraordinary. Mm. But for me, it's just like I'm another, you know, black, dark-skinned girl. So, like, yes, sometimes I feel like the need to be confident because it, like, gives other girls confidence too. Like, okay, like, because I get that a lot. Everywhere I go, like, not just in Utah, I've gone to other states and there's a lot of black people. And we're just like, okay, girl, like, you have so much confidence. We love that for you. Like, I'm walking my head up. Like, yes, mm. I know I'm dark. I'm wearing my skin. Like, it doesn't bother me. And people want me to be sad. Like, mm. I don't know. Why, why do they want that? They want me to just like, you know, like be sad about being dark, wish I was not dark, but I like love that I'm dark. I love my skin and people don't like that I love it. Mm. Blows my mind. Like, yeah. why? White girls love that they're white. <laughs> why can't we love being black? Like, <laughs> right? So yeah, true. They love their blonde hair. Why can't I love my Afro hair? You know, like, mm. come on, people. Like, yeah. let's, stop doing that to black women like just let us be us yeah without always getting pushback for just existing like let us yeah. exist please <laughs> i think people fear um subconsciously just like a group that i mean our black women have such a force of nature and are really right. change makers in our own communities and um we're responsible for a lot of advancements um in our own community with the civil rights movement and whatnot i just think that Sometimes people fear when certain groups know how powerful they are right. and are aware of it and use that um, just based on the racism that the black communities experience. Like black women have led families now mm -hmm. since the 70s with mass incarceration, with the, um, you know, different things like that. And so I think that that's a bit uh, scary for people to, to think about um, what it. black women would really do if we right. were into our, our power and ability to influence even more than we already are, which... I feel like we really are. And when <laughs> right. we make things happen still, but if we were really more unapologetic about it, I can't imagine. Right. Uh, I understand the fear. Yeah. We we are the, we we're great. So. <laughs> love it, love it. Yeah. So one last question to wrap up. With all of those things that you've experienced with the colorism, mm -hmm. with the um with the anti-blackness, what are some things that you do? Um, maybe that you could kind of offer as advice uh, just for self-care and like to promote confidence within yourself. You know, um, what what advice would you give to to other black women? Yeah, that's a good question, because I do get that a lot. And part of it, I think I'm just grateful that I was born with a personality that I'm very confident and outgoing and like have always loved myself because mm -hmm. that's the hardest part. But I know a lot of people who are not in the same shoes as me. Um, but one thing, like whenever I, I had, when I was younger, had felt different or didn't like, you know, did not like my blackness because I was getting made fun of or being called dark. I always think about all my family members 
and like how beautiful they are. And I'm just like, why would I not like, why, how can I do that to them? Mm. Like, how can I think so low of myself when I, I love my mom. She's beautiful. I love my aunts. They're beautiful. My, like my cousins, like, you know, and I'm just like, so why would I let other people bring down me and my family and my ancestors mm. with the beautiful qualities that we have? Cause like hating myself, is like hating them. Mm. And then that changes me. So it's not about me now. It's about all of us. Like, it's about my whole family. It's about my ancestry. So it always helps me. And also just surrounding yourself with other people who love you and your Blackness. That made a big difference. Like, when my group of friends changed to be more diverse or people who had similar experiences as me, that helped me see, like, okay, I'm not the only one. There's other people like me going through the same, like, experiences. Um, and honestly, things like this, <laughs> like the Black Menace podcast, like when you hear other people's stories and like, and then sometimes when people explain phenomenons that you have seen, mm. but you didn't know the, like how to put them into words and somebody says it, you're like, that's what I went through. Like, that's what I felt like. Okay, now like that's, it's real. It's not just in my head. Like that's something I'm going through. Like those kind of things really help. I do a lot of reading on like African history and Black history, mm. just to, like see how powerful like Rachel just said we are and like all that we've done and that like motivates me like you know what no I do love myself and stuff and yeah just like obviously taking care of yourself doing other things like that but for me the biggest thing that has helped me love me and my blackness is knowledge accurate history mm. context that shows that blackness is actually powerful and has been diminished for a reason that's what's giving me the most confidence because I was like, none of what we see out here is real about Black people. Like, about anti-Blackness, it's not real. It was made up by people who feared it so much. And that gives me the most confidence. And I'm like, oh, yes. Thank God I'm Black. And I'm going to stay this Black forever. <laughs> My kids are going to be Black. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> love it, love it. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. And this wonderful. is fun. For being yes. Voice. Yeah, we're super grateful to have you and just to hear your experience and yeah, give some validation to that. And, it, you know, yeah, I, I definitely wanted to see a panel come through. Just okay. Like, oh, my gosh. We can yes. do we can do different ethnicities, too. Like we can have one for yeah. Latino women to talk about oh, their experience mm -hmm. and then black women to talk about theirs. And maybe if we can find some indigenous women to talk about theirs, yeah, that's um, I think beautiful. that would be really, really important. But Yeah. And I, I my dream would be to have a panel of some black men to just come forward and to have some honest conversation honestly mm -hmm. um and i've ha i know some black men who i've had honest conversations with who have admitted their colorism oh yeah and and will say yeah i was like this or i did think this and and them you know being able to come forward and again maybe black women are not the ones to be in the room for that but coming together and admitting like it's not your fault some of the mm -hmm. things right like yeah. your role is to just identify and change not yeah. to continue to perpetuate um so that could be a good thing too to, oh, to see some black that. men coming together and having their own discord about it yeah put that together for and sure. i just wanted to say i just remind me of something that i had it with my brother so i have four brothers right my two younger brothers my youngest brother i remember in high school when he said this comment and i was just like oh my gosh here comes another mm. charisma <laughs> <laughs> I had I've to check my brother too. Don't worry. No, no, I had to check, and now he's great. But like he said this, he's like when he was in high school, he's like, well, I I'm gonna marry a white girl so that my kids can be mixed because those are the most beautiful kids or something. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, okay, so we have a bunch of little cousins, a bunch of them that we all love. So I was like, oh, okay, so our, our little cousin is he not cute? He's like, no, I love Aliv. He's so cute. He's so beautiful. I'm like, okay, what about this little cousin? Are they not cute? He's like, no, like they're gorgeous. Like I love them. And I was like, so why would you think that? And mm. the real, I saw it like click for him. He was mm. just like, what am I thinking? Like, you know, like, yeah, and like that. we're like, exceptionally dark skinned people who are still beautiful. And like he just had to get that like check because he was hanging around a lot of people who did not see the beauty in blackness, you know, mm. who were not around blackness often. And he's, you know, probably the media affected him. And I remember when that clicked for him till this day, never hear him say anything. Yes. <laughs> and I'm just like, and he's like, yeah, you're right. And I just like, I wish more people can just like, I don't know, like have that click, that mm. light bulb that's just like, this is not real. Like you're just in your head and other people are in your head. So I would love to see like black men talk because I always confront them. Me too. Mm. Real quick. 
Someone can anyway. I, I have so much more I can say. Someone tried to right. come for me for an, through an anonymous question because of how much I come for black men and dating white um, girls. Oh, so gosh. when I dated a white man, someone tried to come for me. Right. And like, I don't know if you remember that Nate last year on my um, Instagram, and they like came for me. And I think I said something about Taylor too. Anyway, it was just yeah. Right, like, wow. Say more Mind later, business, but yeah. Push. Whenever you call them out, they're like, "Well, you can't." I'm like, right, it's like, yeah. different for me. I promise. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm being honest here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we need to talk about color. So I'm gonna get. To, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna get together a panel of black men. We're gonna Kay. talk about colorism and sexism yes. in the black community because that's an important topic. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. cool. um, and we'll forego our recommendations for this week just so that mm-hmm. uh, you can get out of here. But oh, yeah. thank you so the much for staying uh, extra. Yeah. Sorry. I was, was going to say the recommendation is to listen to the podcast. But, uh, yes. Uh, oh, yes. Please. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it for this week. Thank you guys so much. Um, and we'll catch y'all later. <laughs>